If you've been listening to my show for a while, you know how I like to talk about a gut biome test. I call it a fancy poop test. It's a fancy name for a poop test. And it's going to tell us what the ecosystem is in your gut. And why that's important is since food's the best medicine, it's going to tell us, here are your superfoods just for you to eat. Here are the foods for you to avoid. And here's everything else. Eat this a lot. Eat this a little. Now, my team has been very busy and they got an amazing deal. For anybody that wants to do this test, you can do it at home. You don't need a doctor's orders. All you have to do is just go to Viome, V as in Victor, I-O-M as in Mary, E.com, Viome.com. And at checkout, use the secret code, Julie Ryan, and you'll get more than 50% off. Don't put any spaces in there, just Julie Ryan. It's an amazing test. It's going to give you tons of information. I've done it several times myself, and you're going to be thrilled with the information you get because it'll give you a program just for you. Give it a whirl. Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And first and foremost, the Queen of England died earlier today, Queen Elizabeth II. And so lots of love and hugs and prayers and thoughts go out to her family and also to all the British people and all the people of the Commonwealth countries, because what a remarkable woman. Oh, my goodness. She just, I love that she made it to her Jubilee celebration this summer before she decided to fly to heaven and join her loved ones and, uh, you know, be with the angels and, and her husband who died a little over a year ago. So lots of condolences and and thoughts and prayers go out to the royal family and also all the, the people of the UK. 
I have such a treat for you guys this week. I've got Samantha Fay and Denise Carell on this evening, and I got to be on their show, Grateful Messenger, a while back. And Samantha has a new book coming out, and it's all about dreams, and it's called The Awake Dreamer. And I said, it would be so fun to have you guys on the show and chat for a little bit and then just take callers and see what their questions are about dreams. So welcome, ladies. I'm delighted you're both here. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. The awake, Thank you. The Awake Dreamer is such a great title. Actually, I downloaded your book onto my Kindle. I'm going to be traveling this weekend and on planes. And I thought, oh, this will be a perfect read for me to to get to hear about this. Tell us about the awake dreamer. What it, it's it sounds very different because it's not just about dream interpretation, but it encompasses astral travel and communicating with deceased loved ones and all of that. So, tell us about your book. Sure. Well, uh, first of all, Denise and I we met years ago at a conference for mediums. And we just kind of connected, and so we started our podcast, Enlightened Empath, to just kind of encourage people to really open up to their gifts and learn how to work with them. And my whole life, I've had these really amazing dreams that have come true or enabled me to connect with loved ones who have gone before me. I had a whole period of what I call my astral school dreams, where I was instructed in how to do this work while on the other side. And so I started sharing some of these stories on the podcast. And we started getting so many emails from listeners about their own soul travel, awake dream experiences to the point where Denise and I have made it almost a monthly feature where we share stories that listeners have sent in about meeting with their loved ones on the other side or having healing experiences in dreams. And so it's very comforting to me to know that this is not unique to me or you. It happens to all of us. So I I had a lot of fun researching the book. I studied the history of dreams. I looked at this concept of does our soul leave our body when we sleep and travel to other people here, to other dimensions, to the other side? Are we able to meet with our guides and angels while we're sleeping? And you know what? My experience and the research I did gave me a resounding yes. Yeah, so I get that's the really same what the thing. book is about. And it gives people exercises and tips and how to how to remember your dreams and work with them for more amazing experiences. Wonderful. Denise, how about you? Are you a dreamer as well? Not to the degree Samantha is, no. I but I do uh, I work as a medium and an as an and an intuitive and I love when people are blessed to have their loved ones come in through a dream because that is one of the number one ways that we can get confirmation from our people is through a dream visitation. So I think that that's always, always a wonderful gift for someone. Absolutely. Samantha, I need you to turn your computer volume up a little bit so we'll see your picture when we record. Just a little bit. We don't want to hear it, but I think it was turned down all the way, okay. so we need to turn it up a little bit. Okay, so say something, Samantha. Okay. Is this better? Perfect. 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 There you go. All right. So tell us about astral travel. I think that's one thing that most people just have no clue about, but it's a real thing and we all do it. 
Yeah, we do all do it. There is a form of conscious astral travel where you can study how to do it on purpose. So you can do it through meditation where you get your brain into an altered state of consciousness. But that can take years of practice. I recommend people look at the Monroe Institute, for example, on how to work with that. But there have been so many documented cases of people astral traveling while they sleep in their dreams. There have been people such as myself and maybe you, Julie, who have recorded reported having shared dream experiences where they'll agree to meet someone in the dream state at a certain day and time. And indeed, in their quote-unquote dream, they will have traveled to that place. Um, the other people have said, like to a friend, hey, I'm going to knock on your bedroom window at midnight if I can astral project in my sleep. And sure enough, the friend was woken up at midnight by a knock at the window, which don't try that with me. That would scare me. <laughs> but there is this this idea, this theory that you really, truly can astral project while you're sleeping unconsciously many times. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. They call it a hypnagogic jerk. Often when you're falling asleep, in the first few moments, you'll kind of startle yourself awake. That's called a hypnagogic jerk. And so there's a belief that that's actually the soul being pulled back to the body. Because our conscious is always fighting to keep us all together, you know, keep us in the body. And so oftentimes, um, that's why so many of us have a hard time falling asleep. Science has actually proven this, that, that the conscious tries to keep our brain awake because it looks at sleep as almost like a mini death. So sometimes you'll have that hypnagogic jerk. But most of the time when you are sleeping and you're having these really amazing soul travel experiences, it's because your soul has astral travel. Denise, can you back it up a little bit and just tell us what astral travel is, please, for those who don't know or those who aren't aren't familiar with the term or the concept? From what I understand and what I've experienced, it's when your spiritual self is able to leave your physical body and go to different dimensions, different realms, different places on the planet. And, and you know, they've done of studies with remote viewing. They've done a lot of studies where people have seen a, I hesitate to use this word, but an apparition of someone from another place on the planet, and then they're seeing them in that. They said, oh, I woke up and I saw so-and-so standing there. I think that that can be indicative of astral travel. But there is a theory that there's a golden cord that connects you to your physical body, that when we astral travel, we are out, and then we always have that. To, to come back, to come back into this shell. So it's really a beautiful, uh, it seems that that's one of the uh, topics that people, it, it comes in waves where people are very interested in it and then it wanes out and then it's a cyclical pattern and people get very interested in it again. But I think it's fascinating. Do you think that a part of our soul or our spirit stays in the body? Because I, what I perceive and what I believe just from scanning tens of thousands of people over the years, is that our spirit is the main part of us and the body's inside the spirit. Do you believe that there's a portion of our spirit that stays in the body? There's a portion that leaves. And I've even heard many schools have thought that there's a portion of our spirit or our soul that always remains in non-physical, in heaven, if you will. What are your thoughts about that, both of you? Samantha, you first. I I do think that 
there is an aspect of ourselves, the higher self, that is always on the other side. I don't know if an aspect of our spirit stays with the physical body. There was a very well-known astral traveler who reported that when he came back via his cord that Denise explained, he actually, usually when we come back through the cord, we're just right back in our body. But this man explained that he came back into his house and walked up the stairs to his bedroom and looked at his body laying on the bed, and there was nothing in the eyes until he slipped into his body via the cord. So I look at the body as a as a casing, as a vehicle for the soul, as, as the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians would say, and it, it, it holds our soul here via that cord. But I think when we astral travel, we're, we're completely gone. And so I, I think it, that it's fascinating to look at the research. Some of the original astral travelers that really wrote about it in our, in the 20th century at least, Sylvan Muldoon or Oliver Fox, for example, described the silver cord as being at the the base of the neck, the medulla oblongata, however you say that word, the, the base of the brain, whereas other people say the cord is where our umbilical cord is, right at our solar plexus chakra. So I think it's interesting that that differs for some people. But the universal belief throughout the centuries has been that we are always protected when we astral travel because that cord keeps us safe. As for a part of our spirit staying here with the body, maybe... I usually tend to think of our guides watching out for us when we're after traveling. I don't know. What do you think, Denise? Interesting. Well, hold that thought, Denise, because we're going to take a quick break. We've got Samantha and Denise. We're talking about dreams and all, all things related to dreams this week on the show. So stay with us. You're listening to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. We'll be right back. got Denise and Samantha with us. Samantha has a new book out called The Awake Dreamer. You guys need to go get it. I downloaded it earlier today and I'm really excited to read it. So before the break, you had mentioned, Samantha, that we that it, it was almost like an umbilical cord. Some people believe that the cord when we're astral traveling, when we're dreaming, looks like an umbilical cord. I find that really interesting because when I connect to somebody to do a scan on them, I watch a laser beam come from my body and hook into that, theirs. But at the end of the day, I pull out all the cords. They look like umbilical cords to me when I pull them out. When I get in bed at night before I say my prayers, I pull out all the umbilical cords of everyone with whom I've connected during the day. And because I don't need to be connected to them, you know, for forever. I just, for a short period of time when I'm scanning them, I do, but it looks like an umbilical cord. So that really resonated with me. I think that's fascinating that that's how you described it. Denise, you were talking, you wanted to mention something along those lines about does a part of us stay in heaven, part of our spirit or our soul or and or in our bodies when we're astral traveling? What do you think? I, I believe it does. I do believe that there's a, a piece of us that's an anchor on the other side. Because as a medium, I would, how, if someone has reincarnated or someone from another 
time period way back, how am I connecting with that energy to bring through the, the, the information? But I also believe that we have a soul seed that stays within us the whole time, and that's more ancient practices kind of way. So if we do, and I love the, that you can cord onto someone and release that, but get the information because it's a beautiful way to connect into their auric field and get the information because everything is held in our auric field. But my own personal belief, because I won't find out until I get there, is that we have a, a bit of our a soul seed that holds us almost like a homing beacon within that brings brings those pieces back to us. Interesting. Well, yeah, the the connection is called a bioplasmic streamer. Have you guys heard that term before? Bioplasmic streamer is the connection that I have or that you guys have with somebody when we're scanning them or we're doing a healing or we're doing a past life thing. And it's a it's a real thing. They can scientists like physicists can put somebody like one of you or me in a physics lab and they can monitor the frequency of the energy that's coming from our bodies to whosoever, whomever we're working with. And and it's fascinating. It, I always say I love it when science catches up with woo-woo because woo-woo has been around a lot longer than the science has. What about trying to interpret information and visions and images that we see when we're dreaming and they come from different realities? I always tell clients when we're talking about dreams that we're trying to interpret information and, and images from a different reality into our heads through our human frame of reference. And oftentimes we don't have a human frame of reference for what we've seen. And so that's why it can be scary at times when we have a dream because we're interpreting something that's different or something and we're not familiar with it. And so it's frightening to us. Do either of you have anything that you want to add about that or any thoughts on that, Samantha? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that very often when we go to sleep, we have dreams that are just dreams, and we are supposed to interpret them. And so the snake that you're dreaming about, for example, doesn't mean a snake is going to bite you this week. The snake that you're dreaming about means what you think the snake means. So for me, a snake is about birth, death, and resurrection. But for someone else who fears snakes, that dream is going to have a totally different meaning. Now, for these really odd, esoteric, out-there dreams that you're talking about that we just can't, our consciousness, where we are in our spiritual journey, cannot fathom or understand, I had a very wonderful dream. I have these dream experiences very often where I'm around a conference table with my guides, and I'm able to ask them questions. And I had this dream several months ago where I said to my guides, you know, I know I come and visit you guys and do these really great things every time that I sleep, but I can't always remember them. Or... I can't comprehend what it is you guys are trying to teach me, and it's very frustrating. If you want me to learn or connect with you guys, I've got to recall it and know what to do with it. And my main guide turned to me and said, it doesn't matter. Your soul knows and your soul remembers. And so I think that's really important for us to comprehend when we wake up from those dream experiences. Sometimes you don't have to interpret it. You don't have to figure it out. Let it just settle over you. But the dream experiences that I tend to focus on in the awake dreamer are not about unicorns and, you know, third dimensional hopping and these, uh, you know, very, very metaphor archetype type of dreams where you can look at a dream dictionary. 
the dreams I'm talking about in this book, you really don't have to question. When you have a precognitive dream, when you dream that your best friend is going to get pregnant and she gets pregnant two weeks later, no interpretation is needed, right? When you have a dream that your grandmother visits you and says, you know, tell grandpa the scan is going to turn out okay, and two weeks later your grandfather gets a scan back that shows he's still healthy, you don't need to interpret that. You know exactly what that dream meant. So I do think there are two types of dreams. There are just normal dreams where our consciousness is trying to release and process day-to-day stress, hidden or repressed fears and emotions. And then the dreams that I'm focusing on in this book are more these soul travel dreams that really most of the time do not need interpretation because they're just as real as you and I and Denise talking right now. I always say that when we have a dream that feels as if the colors are more vibrant. It's almost like it's in super high D and you're, maybe your senses are more heightened and sometimes you'll wake up and the hair on your arms or the back of your neck is standing up. Well, those aren't dreams. Those are visits, usually from somebody who's a deceased loved one. And we can tell the difference because it's almost like it's in super high depth. When I walk into Costco, they got all those TVs. When I walk in the store initially, and oh my gosh, some of them are so high def it looks like I could walk right inside of them and be in the middle of some kind of a scene it's incredible so that's what I I equate visits to we'll talk some more about that when we come back we're talking with Samantha and Denise this week on dreams and you're listening to the Ask Julie Ryan show so we'll be right back stay with us everybody. We've got Denise and Samantha with us this week. We're talking about dreams and Samantha's got a new book out called The Awake Dreamer. You guys need to go get it. Order it on where Samantha Amazon. It's available everywhere. Yes. Anywhere books are sold and it's on Audible too. Perfect. I love that. All right. So I know that you talk about that we're able to contact our deceased loved ones and also we're able to heal physically, I guess, medically by utilizing dreams. Did you want to just kind of give us a quick education on how to do that? And Denise, jump in here. Both of you, I'd love to hear what you both have to say about it. Sure. So one thing I discovered when I was doing the research for this is that our subconscious mind really cannot handle an unanswerable question. So whatever you're worried about, meditating on, focusing on, questioning of yourself or your guides and angels is going to show up in your dreams. And so often if you need a healing experience, you might feel that you can call out to someone in prayer and then you're like, well, I'm not really getting anything back in return. If you focus that energy on your dream state, when our defenses are down, when our mind has been running on overdrive all the time, that is when we can have a healing experience. Uh, We had listeners email us. One woman was praying and praying for uh, this very heavy, serious depression to go away, and she was doing everything, and nothing was really helping her. 
And she had a dream one night that she met this woman. And she said, I don't know if it's Mother Mary or an angel, but it was just a very loving mother who, who just felt very maternal towards me. And she had this glowing energy. And she said she put her through what to her looked like a CAT scan. And it just pulled out any negative energy. And she said, I know it sounds silly, but it's been two weeks since that dream. And I still feel 100% better. No more sadness. And so it's, it's just absolutely amazing. I had a friend in the late 80s, and she had just all these different ailments, and doctors could not diagnose this. She went from doctor to doctor to doctor. Nobody could tell her what was wrong. They just kept saying, you're a mom, you're tired, get some sleep. And so she really ruminated about it and fell asleep praying about it. And when she woke up, she discovered she'd written a, a first and last name on a piece of paper by her bedside. So this being the late 80s and before cell phones and computers, she went to the Yellow Pages, and it turned out that was the name of a doctor in a town a few towns away, and, and this is in Connecticut. And she went to that doctor, who was the first and only doctor in that, in that area who was diagnosing Lyme disease back then, and she was able to get a diagnosis and, and get the help that she needed. But there's other stories where dreams can help with emotional issues besides just depression, Often people will have these dream experiences where they're shown past lives that help them understand why they're having challenges with a toxic or a very difficult negative relationship that brings so much healing to people. I just think it's fascinating to look at what can happen when we open ourselves up to the possibility. And really, all you have to do is focus on what it is you need answers to, what it is you need help with. Write it down, put it under your pillow. Read it every night before you go to sleep for two weeks. I have to remind everyone, not, nothing is instantaneous, right? We can't lose weight overnight. <laughs> we can't get into shape in two days. And we certainly cannot expand our consciousness in one night. So you have to be patient. But if you write down your question that you need help, healing, or guidance with, and you read it every night before you go to sleep and tuck it back under or in your pillowcase, within two weeks, you will have a dream that is giving you a healing guiding message. Cool. That reminds me of a story. I had a client one time who was a, a commercial airline pilot who flew international routes out of Honolulu. And I said to him, well, how did how did you find out about me? How did we get introduced? And he said, well, my grandmother told me about you. And I said, oh, great. Who's your grandmother? And he told me her name. He said, she's been dead for 30 years. I said, okay. And he said, she appeared to me in a dream. And she said, you need to talk to Julie Ryan. And he said, I said, I woke up and I thought, who in the hell's Julie Ryan? And so he said, I looked you up and I scheduled an appointment with you. So I told him I appreciated his mom being my heavenly PR agent and marketing director and uh, getting us together. So That's that really story. that really does happen. Denise, anything you want to add? I, I think it's important that some people might have more cryptic messages in their dreams. So they're still getting the answers but it might not come as clearly as a premonition or your your or a grandmother coming in. It might be that something is mirrored. I know for a lot of people, if uh, when I work as an intuitive, I get a lot of symbolism, I get a lot of signs, I get a lot of repetitive things that spirit will give me, and that's how my dreams work as well. And I think that's important to consider that you're saying, well, I don't dream that way. Pay attention to how you function in your daily life, and that might be reflective in your dreams. So. What I've found is, uh, for, for me, is one of the signs if someone has had um, 
circulation, congestive heart, I'll see a hose that's been bent that's so literally stopping the circulation. So if I'm dreaming about plumbing or hoses that are bent or something, that could be something with circulation. I, I might not actually feel it. I think also how you process if you're clairsentient, if you're claircognizant, if you're clairaudient, how you do that, I think it, it is also reflected in dreams of how the messages come through. But big healing can happen in dreams. I mean, Edgar Casey is the perfect example of that, just the sleeping prophet. Explain what the clairs are. Some people may not be familiar with them, Those that terminology. So how we process through our intuition or from spirit, a lot of people are clairsentient. They sense things. They just feel it so deeply, especially people who are highly sensitive or empathic are cognizant where you just know things. You don't know why you know things. You just know things. Uh, Clairaudient, you hear things, and it's not always like a discarnate voice coming in. It's more a voice in your head or a sound in your head. It's a, and I think it's, it's a lot of people have that. If you have music that plays in your head all the time, a lot of people are very sensitive to songs and lyrics. That can be a sign that you have a sense of clairaudience. Uh, clairvoyant is obviously clear-seeing. So there's once you and there's clairgustance, which is taste, and, and you can really go through that. But there's pay attention to how you navigate your life, and I think it's going to be reflective in your dreams, but also help you to get more of a clear message from spirit. I completely agree. In my intuitive training, we talk about pay attention to how you learn. How do you remember things? I'm visual. So if I meet you at a party and you tell me your name, if you have a name tag on and I see it, I'm going to remember your name. If you just tell me and I don't see it, I'm not going to remember it because I'm a visual learner. And so I've I've worked out this little trick that I play in my head when I meet somebody. I will envision writing their name in my mind's eye so that I can see it, and it will help me remember their name. I'm going to remember your face, but I'm not going to remember your name unless I see it. So that's something that I've, a little trick that I've kind of concocted over the years to help me remember people's names. But the other thing is, I find that depending on how somebody reads, that's going to be their primary way that they get intuitive information. That's how it's going to come in first. And then once they get used to receiving information and get it validated, then everything else comes in. I think we have primary and then secondary and third area and fourth area, and I don't know what the other areas are, but but everything comes in. And I, for example, was, and I talk about this in a um, uh, afterward that I wrote in a book, I was in a hotel, a historic hotel, and I smelled cigar smoke. And I thought, there's no way they're going to let somebody smoke cigars in here. So I turned on my radar, and sure enough, here was the founder of the hotel in the mid-1800s walking through the lobby smoking his stogie. So it was be open to how the information comes in. And then go back, fallback position is always, how do you process it first? You know, what's your primary way to process it? Samantha, anything you want to add to that? No, those are all great points. And I think you're, the traditional learning styles we learn about in school, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, meaning you learn by doing, directly correlates to what you're saying. If you're a visual learner, your skill is going to be primarily clairvoyant. If you're an auditory learner, clairaudience, and if you're a kinesthetic learner, then clairsentience. 
So I do think it's important to study that and, and learn how you do process information. Are you more seeing, hearing, or feeling? And that is going to be reflected in your dreams. Sometimes you might wake up and you don't remember your dreams at all, but there's a song playing in your head as you wake up. That's important, and you need to make note of that song's title, the lyrics, any memories associated to that song, how it makes you feel. So I think it's, that's all good advice to so make note of how you learn and know that's going to show up in your dreams as well. And pay attention to how it comes in for you. I think we tend to compare ourselves. Somebody who's an auditory or a kinesthetic learner and gets the information intuitively, they'll feel like they're not getting anything because they're not seeing it in their mind's eye. Well, that's not the primary way that they learn. So the seeing's going to come in, but pay attention to what's coming in initially and go with that. And it's the first thing that you think in your head as soon as you can snap your fingers. That's the, that's the valid answer. A lot of times I'll find spirit will be communicating before we've even got the thought out. Like I'll be thinking something in my head or getting ready to ask a question either silently or aloud, and I'll hear the answer coming in, and I don't even have the thought thought out all the way. And that's because time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time's a human creation. So spirit already has what we're thinking, and they're responding. So it's that first thing that comes into your head. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to go to the phones. And the whole next hour is going to be all questions from callers. So stay with us. We've got Jamie up next, and we'll find out what Jamie's question is. You're listening to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. We'll be right back. We've got Samantha and Denise talking about dreams this week. And all right, let's go to the phones. Our first caller is Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. I'm okay, thank you. Lovely to be here. Good. Where are you located? Where are you located? Palm um, Palm Coast, Florida. Palm Coast, Florida. All righty. You got a dream question for Denise and Samantha? Um, I think so. Um, okay. So recently, um, my, my husband and I were going for um, an embryo transfer. I mean, it, it didn't take, but during that about two-week wait, you know, I'm, I, sometimes my dreams are very vivid. And I, was, I had a dream about a a wolf, and wolves don't necessarily mean anything to me, but in in that dream, and I can't remember the, the specifics other than, like, you know, the, the, the next morning, and, like, I, and then especially finding out that it didn't, you know, that it didn't take, um, <laughs> like, I'm trying to search for, for meaning, and I don't necessarily know, like, what, what to do, or what, or, like, how do you interpret Would this be your first child? Yeah. Okay. Because to me, what I, the wolf to me, yes, there is the lone wolf, but in general, we think in terms of a wolf pack, right? 
And what's interesting about wolves, if you study them, the mother and father do tend to really raise their young together as a family in the same way that we do. So, and I think according to like Ted Andrews and others who study animals and Denise can speak more um, educatedly (laughs) about this than I can, but wolves in terms of guides tend to be incredibly protective. And so I feel like this dream was a heads up that one way or another, you will be a mother and that you and your husband will morph into this wolf pack, but it might take a little bit more time. What do you think, Denise? you have anything you want to add to that? Well, yes, wolves are very powerful as far as coming in for dreams and the whole family unit and the pack unit. But what came to mind was Romulus and Remus, who, you know, were adopted into the wolves, and, and I wonder if that was indicative as well of, that there is going to be a nurturing relationship, that it's just not quite yet, but it's coming. There are two baby Mm -hmm. spirits attached to your energy field, Jamie, and they look like little orbs. They're Mm -hmm. over your right shoulder. They remind me of the orb that Glenda the Good Witch flies inside when she comes into Munchkin Land in the Wizard of Oz. And uh, they are not twins. They're out. uh, They're separated a little bit, which means they're not going to be a multiple birth. But also, I think it's important to remember, Mm -hmm. and Denise, to your point, that babies who are adopted babies, their energy is attached to the adopted mom's energy field before they're conceived, just like birth babies that are birthed by the mom. So have you guys looked into adoption or or other forms of, of becoming parents? To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've just started having those conversations. So interesting, the timing, don't you think, ladies, as far as she's having a dream about wolves right now where they're starting to have that conversation? Very much. Yes, and and I think sometimes when you just open yourself up to the possibility of other avenues, that's when the avenue you want actually materializes. So I think if you practice that affirmation one way or another, I will be a mother, it, it shows the universe exactly what you want and that you're surrendering and trusting and opening up to all avenues for that. And I've seen people use that affirmation and the road that they want to materialize in their form motherhood tends to materialize. Well, it's you know, very common we that... hold on so closely to the picture of the way we want it, 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 it won't manifest. Well, it's very common, but too, that moms surrender will... And, and yeah, moms will adopt or families will adopt a baby and then they're pregnant six or eight months later and they're thinking, well, what's with that? So that goes along mm-hmm. exactly with what you're saying. <laughs> Denise, anything you want to add? No, no, I think that covers it, but thank you. Yeah. What do you think, Jamie? Does that give you some clarity and some guidance? Yes, it, it does. So the affirmation was just letting the universe know that I'm open to all avenues. Is that right? Yeah, one way. Yes, one way or another, I will be a mother. It's even a poem. I'm writing that down. <laughs> She's a poet. She's a poet. Dream interpreter. Oh my gosh, how did how does that feel to you, Jamie? I mean, you you've been through a lot. 
I can only imagine with this yeah. fertility journey that you've been on. And I and yeah. I know that it's so exhausting and so all-encompassing for the moms that are trying to conceive with whom I work. I, I work with a lot of moms that are having fertility yeah. opportunities. So how does this information make you feel? Not just think, but how does it make you feel? It, it makes me feel good. It feels so really positive. It, it has been heartbreaking, not only for me, like, but my husband as well. We're in it together. And so knowing that like, both of us are committed to this process and that uh, we, it, it, it gives us more hope to just keep going because it is what we want. We do want to be parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, Terrific. And, it was not, and, and the wolf thing was not at all what I was expecting. So that's good. That, that was really it was nice to hear. Was it scary for you when you had that dream, when you woke up and you thought about it? Did you, what did you think when you first had that? What was your first inclination? What was your first I, thought? I, I wasn't sure. I do have a dream dictionary and I looked it up and I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. That didn't feel like it fit for what was in the dictionary. And um, so I, I wasn't quite sure. So something just, it was just been kind of hanging out, um, out in the back of my head, like, what do I do with this? So this was, yeah, this was good. Well, if I, I could just add one more thing, it, talk to the soul too. I, yeah. I know that yep. sounds silly, but I swear that helped me so much. And just, just say, Hey, this is who I'm going to be as a mom. Look at your dad. Look how funny is. Look how much fun we have. And we can't wait for you to join our family. Sometimes when you just talk to the soul that you know is there, I'm sure you're, you're feeling some new energy coming into you in the next two years. You'll start to pull that energy in because some souls are afraid to come to Earth, and you know who can blame them? That's a tough school. Mm. <laughs> but if if you talk to them, it starts to establish that beautiful link early on. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Well, they that, say that talk to helpful. your fetus yeah. too, because you know, play baby Mozart oh, or yeah. baby Beethoven or whatever, because the fetus can hear when it's in utero. And and uh, I have a friend who adopted a baby, and uh, she was her birth parents were in, from India, and this baby came out. And when the baby started talking, she was talking with an Indian accent, and my girlfriend was going, "What the heck?" I mean, she hadn't been around any Indian-speaking people, but she heard the dialect when she was in utero, so she came out pronouncing some words with the Indian dialect. I thought that was fascinating. Alrighty, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll get more callers on. You're listening to the Ask Julie Ryan Show, and we're talking about dreams this week. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing. They've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. 
back, everybody. This week, we're talking about dreams with Denise and Samantha. Samantha has a new book out called The Awake Dreamer. So I highly recommend you go get a copy of it or listen to a copy of it on on, um, Audible. It sounds like it's available there, too, which is usually how I listen to books. I listen to books more than I actually sit down and read them because I can multitask while I'm um, getting through the information in the book. You know, it's a female superpower we all possess, we females. It's that we can multitask. So let's go back to the phones, and our next caller is Iris. Hi, Iris. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm terrific. Thanks. Do you have a question about dreams for the ladies? Well, um, I feel this is so on time because I rarely have a bad dream, but I had a dream that woke me up uh, earlier today, and I meant to look it up just to see. Um, I've been going through some a lot of changes in my life, and basically, it startled me out of my dream, and I even screamed. It was... Um, a rock roller um, coming after me, like right in my face. And so I woke up screaming as if it was real. So, um, yeah, I I would love to hear um, any feedback about it. I, I would, I'm also um, wanting to look, look it up myself. You know, actually, Iris, this is not a, it is actually a fairly common dream. I don't want to call it typical, but this is a common dream where people have experiences where dogs are attacking them. And it's, it's to me, dogs represent loyalty, right? Dogs will love you no matter what. They're always going to greet you when you come through the door. They are the epitome of unconditional love. So often when we have a dream of a dog attacking us, it can indicate that, that there's a there's an issue with some loyalty in your life or maybe there's a relationship where you feel you're giving everything and you're not getting as much in return. You want to look at what that breed of dog represents to you. I used to have a Rottweiler. So to me, I see them as warm and cuddly, but I know not a lot of people do. So if Rottweilers tend to scare you, then, you know, you want to look at that. And if you can remember anything else from the dream, if you were inside or outside, were you walking, were you traveling, was it chasing you? Those can give you further clues. But very often, dogs attacking us in a dream is about someone that we think is loyal is not as loyal as we as we think. So if, if you were heading to work, it would be a work colleague, for example. If you were in your home, it might be someone closer to you. It could be an aspect of you. Maybe you're not being loyal to a dream you have, uh, a goal you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. But that's just one interpretation. It doesn't mean it's the right one. It's just, it's just what is commonly referred to as, as an archetype in a dream. Denise, anything you want to add to that? Okay. Well, well what, what came to me intuitively is that a lot of people perceive Rottweilers as a very aggressive breed, as protection, as and what I felt was that there was a need to uh, stand strong and def- not defend, but, but stand in your power with some people in your life and set stronger boundaries because there's something about feeling possibly intimidated. And again, I'm not, Samantha is our, our dream guru. I, I can just do the intuitive part, but I, I think that uh, they're very intelligent, very protective. They're very strong. And, and I keep getting that 
that feeling very much for you, Iris, about being strong, being centered, being grounded, and and holding your own. It feels uh, it feels mm-hmm. wonderful, actually. Does any of that resonate with you, Iris? I hope to feel that. You know, the last bit um, about actually, I'm sorry, my uh, the first lady who spoke about really, I think it's about myself and. I don't think it's anyone in my waking life, but that, and and then the second lady who spoke about um, being, standing firm and strong in yourself, I think that resonates with me um, just in general, because I'm kind of navigating life differently. I am a, what I consider an orphan now at age 50 something, you know, I lost my mother recently. So I, you know, my mother was always, I felt like my, my fallback person, like, you know, and I don't really have that. And, um, so I don't know. know. Well, that's interesting. Then if dogs do represent loyalty and protection, you might be feeling like with the loss of your mom that you've lost that. And so I think what Denise was saying is absolutely spot on, that now mm-hmm. you have to find that within yourself, which is never easy. But once we are able to do it, it stays with us not only for this lifetime, but it's part of our soul. Yeah. Okay. Well, Good thank point. you all so much for your time. Condolences your, on the loss gift. of your mom. Iris, tell everybody where you're calling from, too, please. I forgot to ask you that. Where are you located? I'm calling from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Okay. On the East Coast, Mid-Atlantic area. Sending you big hugs since you lost your mom. Thank you. Lots of condolences. Thanks for calling. Bye, Iris. Let's go to Alexa next. Hi, Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Hello. How are you? Terrific. Sounds like you got a little one with you. I do. I have a <laughs> almost four month old um, baby, so he's, he's my co co pilot today. <laughs> Where are you located? I am in Utah. Okay, terrific. Do you have a dream question for the ladies? Uh, partially, yes. So I've always had very vivid dreams my whole life. I could. I could tell every detail about them, and I still am that way. Um, my mom was the same way as well, and she actually passed just a couple weeks before my son was born this year. Um, and so I've had a few visits from her, and they've been extremely meaningful, but I just really want to, if I could dream about her every night, I would. <laughs> and so I was just wondering if there's any way that you can kind of, and I don't know if the right word is like summon them or, um, you know, just talking to her or if that helps her kind of come to visit or how, how that works, if you can control it at all. Yeah, I do think that, that we can, I don't know about if control it, but we can at least invite it. And so okay. if, if you go to my website, samanthafay.com, and you click on guided meditations, I have a got 30-minute guided meditation that you listen to as you're falling asleep, and it's called Dream Reunions, and it's to prime your subconscious to have a visit with a loved one on the other side. But if you don't like listening to guided meditations, simply spend a couple of days just talking about your mom, telling stories about her, 
put pictures up of her around and really talk to her in your in your own thoughts and just say, Mom, I really would love a visit with you when we when I dream. And as you're falling asleep, think about a place that the two of you used to go a lot and visualize yourself there and visualize yourself being with your mom. And eventually that tends to elicit more of these dream reunion visitations. Awesome. I have one other question too. So I also lost my aunt a few years ago and she, um, I have dreams about her a lot too, but it's more like I'm at a location and she's there and I'm always so surprised to see her. And, um, I go to talk to her, but I can never catch her or I can never, um, actually talk to her. It's just like, I go to catch her and I never can. So I didn't know if there's any interpretation of that either. Does she look happy and busy in the dream? She's happy, yeah, and she's just like in her normal state. I just can never catch her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's very common, and it can be sometimes what what's been reported to Denise and, and me on on our podcast a lot from listeners. We just had this one today. Remember, Denise, where someone was hoping for a visit from their friend Steve. They weren't hearing from their friend. And finally, she had a dream of her friend Steve, but he wasn't there. He left her a note in the dream, and it said, I've tried to come to you several times, but you're just not ready. So I went to our mutual friend, Angie, and sure enough, Angie had had a dream about Steve. And so the listener was writing to Denise and I because she was like, I am ready. I know I'm ready. I'm intuitive. I have all these dreams, and we can think we're ready, but sometimes the the energies just don't line up. Something I've been told a lot when my loved ones visit me is how much energy and preparation it takes for them to truly be able to visit us in a dream, that it takes a lot of their energy and they have to learn how to do it. And so your aunt might still be learning how to manipulate her energy to enter your dream state. And she's doing it a little bit, like she's getting there, like like the little train that could. And she's just trying to let you know, I'm busy, I'm happy, I'm doing things over here. And I, I bet you if you just keep on doing what you're doing and, you know, one day have an uninterrupted night sleep when your baby finally sleeps <laughs> seven to seven, right? She yeah, <laughs> will be able to break through and uh, cool. you'll be able to have a conversation with her. Cool. That's also funny that you said that that friend's name was Angie because that was my mom's name. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Not a coincidence, right? <laughs> Not a coincidence. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, the interesting thing, too, the interesting thing, too, is I always say that our heads are big satellite dishes and they receive and transmit frequencies and every spirit has their own frequency that they keep throughout all of their lifetimes. So to your point, Samantha, when you were saying think about or talk about or whatever, you're tuning your satellite dish head to their frequency. And then also what I always tell my clients and tell my students is that oftentimes it's easier for spirit to come to us in our dreams because we're our vibration is high because we're not caught up in fear or stress or taking care of a new baby or, or whatever. And our brain has had a chance to relax and it's easier easier for spirit to come to us because they don't communicate on the I feel crappy channels and stress and anxiety and fatigue and grief and all of that. Those are all low vibrations and they're not on those channels. So speaking of channels, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll get more callers on. So thanks Alexa for calling in. Good luck with your baby. Give him a kiss for us. Stay with us, everybody. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Denise and Samantha with us, and we're talking about dreams this week. So let's go to Jordan next. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Are you there? You got to unmute. Okay. Well, maybe we'll come back to you. Let's see. Let's go to Nicole then. Hi, Nicole. Hello, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much uh, for your time. You're Um, welcome. Where are you located, Nicole? Where are you? I am in St. Augustine, Florida. Okay, terrific. Got a question for the ladies? A dream question? Um, Yes. Um... I actually had a dream uh, about uh, actually the the following night when I had to put my two shepherds down and um, it actually woke me up. They were um, barking at me in in a very aggressive way and it kind of, my first fear was that they were mad at me for putting them down. What had came to? And no, I like, don't think dogs are ever mad at us for that. I'm so sorry you had to make that decision. Thank you. Very often, I think when we have these experiences, it's not even a dream. You know how you know the personality of dogs, even shepherds who are so smart, and they they tend to be, in my mind anyway, a little bit more reserved than say like you know a labradoodle or something or my little Yorkies. But even even a very smart, dignified shepherd, once once they get to the other side, they're so excited and they're so happy, and they want you to know that they're free of pain. And so I bet you were hearing that barking because that was their way of saying, "Mom, mom, look, look at me, look at me. We made it. We're together. We're on the other side." And so you'll hear that a lot. My, um, I had a dog named Gretchen, and we had to put her down, and it was, you know, it, it's just it's one of the most difficult decisions we have to make in our life. And for several nights after that, I would hear her paws on the on the floor, her little paws click clacking, and oh, wow. I knew it was her way of saying, you know, I'm still here, I'm still here. And so I think it's just their way of letting us know that they're still with us and that they're okay. So. Your guilt is going to prevent that dream from coming all the way through. Guilt, uh, grief, all of those emotions put up a barrier. So the fact uh-huh. that you are able to even hear them barking is just is such a testimony to the love the three of you shared. And know that as your grief, I don't think grief ever subsides, but as you learn to carry your grief better or, I don't know, just in a way without remorse, they'll be able to yeah. come through to you more clearly in a dream. You think uh, so? Do you think I, I would be able to to ask for them to come in a dream as well, like with people? Yes, yes, I do a hundred percent. I tell a story in the Awake Dreamer that has always stayed with me. I had a client; she too had a German Shepherd, and she wanted to get another one, um, but then she had to put this German Shepherd down. And she was like, "Nope, I'm never getting another dog. I'm never going through this pain again." No. And she yeah. felt so guilty and terrible. And about a year later, 
she had a dream that she was standing on a tarmac at an airport and this German, her German shepherd was coming down the stairs, you know, like, like he owned his own private jet, right? Coming down the open stairs of this airplane <laughs> and behind him is a little puppy. And she greeted her, her dog and they, and hugged him and, and then she woke up and she said, I had no idea what that meant. And what it was that day, she got an email from the family that she had gotten the German Shepherd from 12 years before. And they said, hey, that that family of German Shepherds just had puppies. Do you want one? And, oh, wow. she, and they said, the only thing is we moved to Texas, so we'd have to fly the puppy to you. And so she oh, knew wow. that dream was her dog's way of saying it's okay to get another baby and here I am escorting you, my own family member. And so the airplane, all of it confirmed it for her. So I really do think you will be able to have that experience so that you know in your heart that they are okay with your decision, happy with where they are, and together. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate Denise, anything that. you want to add to that? I, I just wanted to add that uh, animals are so true. They come through with such a, a strong energy, and when and the personalities of those two shepherds are very different. And I I love shepherds because they're very loyal to their person. They're they're a one, and to have two of them, but one feels a little more submissive, and the other one that was I feel when you said the aggressive barking. What what came in for me was that you're um, still here to protect you, and one of these dogs is an absolute soul connection for you. Not not to discount one over the other, but one was just yeah. so connected to you empathically that it was just like, don't worry, I'm still going to look out for you. And a lot of times with with dogs in spirit, what I find is they'll pop in and and kind of check the perimeter, or they'll they'll check on the children, or they'll. They, they come in and out, and, and it's, um, so if you have any other animals in the house and they start to look, you know, stare or wag their tails or, you know, act how they would have if, if those dogs were there, just know that they're in for a visit. But what I'm oh. feeling very, very strongly is, is such a, an amazing, amazing wave of love and gratitude for you and, and just that it, it's okay and you made the right choice. Very, very much so that it was time. Yeah, I think I think um, the the I loved them both, but the the male was the one that was I always called him the mama boy because he was really very intuitive and connected very well, and he was the one whose bark I heard the most. Um, and that's why I thought maybe he was mad at me for making that decision. No, no, no. He is so. Um, what I, if if I could, if this dog could talk, what I want to say is, what a life I had! What an amazing life I had! <laughs> you have you have to admit, your dogs get they, any dog would love to be in your home. Oh, terrific. Oh, well, I hope that brings you some comfort, Nicole. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll get another caller on. Stay with us. We're talking about dreams this week. Be right back.
we're back with Denise and Samantha, and let's try Jordan again. Hi, Jordan. Are you with us? Jordan? Jordan Brooks is what I have on my dashboard. Is that your name? Oh, yeah, um, I'm, I am here. That is <laughs> my name is Tia. And, Hi, Tia. Um, I, I have a, I, I do, yeah, um, thank you for taking my call. I had originally, um, reached out to you through Instagram regarding my daughter and, um, I was told to call in today. Um, but Did I know you have a dream question. Today, so yeah, no, we're just I, taking I, dream um, questions. Do you have a dream question for the ladies? Okay. I do. I do. Okay, um, great. I have horrible I have horrible night terrors, just absolutely horrible. And it started when my husband died very unexpectedly about seven years ago. I'm not a person who cusses a lot, but my children will wake me up and I'm cussing like a trucker in my sleep. And um, how do you get rid of night terrors? Well, that can be really hard, especially when you're dealing with a lot of anxiety and worry. I mean, to... To lose your husband unexpectedly and then suddenly be a single mom and then have worries about your children, you're handling all of that on your own alone. Even if you have a new partner, you're still going to feel like it's all on you, right? Especially as a mom. I feel like we do that to ourselves. And so you have to recognize and validate and pat yourself on the back for all that you've been through, all the challenges that you have overcome and are still overcoming. And anytime we refuse to really accomplish, um, sorry, not accomplish, clap and cheer for ourselves. And instead, we're just focusing on the fears and the very real fears and anxieties that come with being a parent and and doing it all on your own. It will show up in our dreams. But the more that you can throughout the day, just take a moment to take stock and sit back and go, holy cow, like I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like the scariest, worst thing I thought could happen, happened. And I've gotten through it, and I'm raising these amazing kids, and I'm doing okay. The more that you can do that, the more you're going to calm down those fears. But also allow yourself to give voice to those fears. You know, write them down. Write down every traumatic thing that has happened to you, even before you lost your husband. And and just acknowledge it. Give voice. Give sight, vision. You know, these feelings need the same time and attention as your positive feelings do. And as you start to look Mm -hmm. at what are my deepest fears, when you pay attention to them during the day, they won't show up at night. But also, I like to remind people, Mm -hmm. as much as we pray throughout our day or into our day, it's so important to pray into our night as well. So take a moment before you fall asleep to just pray for protection and pray for happy, healing, comforting dreams. Yeah, that will really, really help prevent some of these as well. Okay, Denise. Thank you. Um, first and foremost, you know, my, my deepest condolences on the loss of your husband. And the fact that you don't you. cuss, that you don't use, you're very welcome. The fact that you don't, it, it, if you didn't have anger at this, and that's what it feels like is the dreams and your reaction in the dreams is your you happen to hold it together for everyone right now. One of the things that has helped me personally at different times in my life, again, I do believe in prayer, and that can be whatever 
is your comfort, whatever your belief system is. It's not limited to any specific religion or, or deity or, or direction. Right. But also having a, uh, a ask them to ask the angelic realm to step closer, ask your husband to step closer. Do a ritual before you go to sleep at night. Or at one point, I had my uh, grandmother's, uh, a religious item of hers, and I would put it under my pillow. And when I would wake up in the middle of the night and be in those dreams, I would hold that and I'd say, please come help me. Please protect me. So just having something that you can, I mean, for me personally, in your physical space that may give you comfort, but also protecting, like ask Ask spirit to to protect you, your home, and that that may help. I hope it does because that's it's hard enough to get through the day with what you're going through with, with being exhausted on top of it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. There's another. There's an old wives technique that I actually think really works, and that's where you put a glass of water by your bedside table, and you don't drink that water. But you ask any negative, fearful energy that's coming with, from within you or around you while you're sleeping to be absorbed by that water. Since water is a conductor of oh. energy, that can really work as well. And then you just put it down your sink in the morning. I will definitely try that. Thank you so much. And thank you, Julie, for all you're you do. Welcome. You're welcome. Where are you located? I forgot to ask. I'm in California, Central Whereabouts? Coast. Central Coast, and you guys are starting to get some cooler temperatures, I hear. They're on the way. Yeah, it's been really hot, but we're, yes, we'll be glad to have the cool weather back. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be in L.A. next week, so, yeah, I'm hoping that that cool weather gets there in time for me. I'm not interested in any blackouts, and I'm going to be at a big hotel at a conference, so that would not be fun (laughs) at all. So I'm looking forward to that. You know how how can I go about um, getting you uh, an appointment with you to scan my daughter? Just go to AskJulieRyan.com and you'll see book appointments there and click on that. And the, the key is get on my calendar whenever you can. I'm booked out a couple of months. And then on your confirmation email, okay. you're going to have a reschedule button that'll be on there. Periodically click on that and that's going to show you earlier dates and times that become available because people always okay. reschedule every week. And oftentimes you can get in within a couple okay. of days. So that's a trick. You can just the key is just get on my calendar and then and then check the reschedule uh, button. Actually, I I saw that two people had rescheduled uh, for next. I think week after next, and they were out a couple of months. So it really does work, and it's so fun when I get to talk to people. They say, "Oh, I was scheduled in whatever, and I got in the next day." And I said, "I know." It works. I say it all the time. So, yeah. One thing. One thing too. I wanted to add about. One thing I wanted to add too about the negative energies and stuff. I believe that all spirits are pure love, and when we perceive something that feels bad, it's based in fear. It's our perspective of an energy coming in based in fear. So whatever you can do to Mm -hmm. make you feel better and keep your energy level high, that's why spirits come Mm -hmm. in dreams because they 
our brains have rested for a little bit. And remember, it's going to be you interpreting things that you don't understand, which is going to feel bad or evil or whatever. So if you need to put a glass of water next to your bed and it makes you feel better, go for it. If you need to put a rosary or something under your pillow, do it. It, Whatever makes you feel better, it's going to keep your vibration higher and it's going to help you get through the nights the night easier um all right thank you so much ladies appreciate you and all your gifts all righty take care bye-bye let's go to Zena next hi Zena hello hi welcome hi how are you today thank you you're welcome where are you located um, yes, I'm on the outskirts of Washington D.C. in um, Maryland. Terrific! Got a qu- you got a dream question for us? Um, I sort of have a dream question. Um, um, about a year and a half ago, I lost my whole world. Um, my uh, my daddy passed away suddenly. And about three months after that, my uh, my grandma passed away. She was like our, she was like a second mom. Uh, she uh, she became a grandma at 37 years old, so she raised us. And then, ten months after my 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 grandma passed away, her daughter, my mom passed away, which has only been four months ago. And um, so I guess I know that I see them a little bit here and there in the dreams. But uh, I, I wake up rem- not remembering very much, just a tiny bit. And um, I'm just, my grief is really, really deep. And um, I'm just not really sure how to go on without them. And I was just wondering what I could do to maybe um, connect connect more with them. First of all, remember my dream. You know, like that. We're, you know, we're we're going to be praying for you and with you. And please send me an email, Samantha at SamanthaFay.com, and I'll send you that dream reunion uh, guided meditation. And I, I hope it'll help you. Um, that's a tremendous amount of loss in a, in a short amount of time. I mean, yes. I I just I just can't imagine having to deal with one after the other after the other and all people you loved and cared for. I, I just, my heart goes out to you. That's, that's a lot. And so everything yeah. that you're feeling is, is correct and right. And you need to reach out for any support that you can, whether it's grief counseling or seeking the help of a medium that you trust, but anything that you can do that, that just helps you feel loved and supported when you are dealing with such profound grief, yeah. It's very, very, very hard to get a dream visit from a loved one because they, they can't really get through that grief. And so what you can do is ask your loved one to go to a friend, a mutual friend, a neighbor, um, someone someone that all of you know but isn't grieving as strongly as you and tell them, I need you to get a message to our friend. And very often that will work. All right, everybody. Please email me and I'll send you that meditation. We will put that in the show notes. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. Welcome back. 
back, everybody. What a fun show, ladies. We've got Samantha and Denise. We've gone through a bunch of dream principles. And and it's really been fun to talk about things that we don't really have to decipher. I think so many dream books and dream interpreters are talking about the symbolism, and certainly that came in. But I love your premise in your new book, The Awake Dreamer. Everybody go get one. Go get The Awake Dreamer. Uh, I think that it's so applicable how you're talking about here's how you can create things through your dreams. And and here's how they can benefit you without having to really do a bunch of research and stuff. And I and I encourage people to pay attention to your gut. What's your intuition say? And again, it's that first thing that comes in your head with the wolf coming in. What's the wolf? Well, the wolf's a pack. Well, what's that be? Your family's going to be a pack? I mean, that's the first thing. I, I got something positive, too, like what you both were saying about the wolf. That really resonated with me. Please tell everybody how they can find you, how they can find your show, your work. I know your book is being sold everywhere, and we'll we'll put all the links in the, the show notes. But please let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. So our podcast is called Enlightened Empath, and you can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts. So iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Podbean, and more. You can find me at samanthafay.com. I'm on Instagram at Samantha Ofay. Um, and Denise, you're at thegratefulmessenger.com. Our, our podcast is really designed to help empaths learn to recognize that they are empaths, that they are intuitive, that what they are feeling is valid and real. And so we have guests come on like you, Julie, to talk about ways that we can embrace our intuitive empathic side. So we really invite listeners to check us out. We have a lot of fun doing this show. So it's Enlightened Empaths. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And like you said, my book is called The Awake Dreamer, Lucid Dreaming, Astral Travel, and Mastering the Dreamscape. And you can find that anywhere books are sold. If you want a signed copy, you can get an autographed copy at my website, samanthafay.com. And again, Denise's website is thegratefulmessenger.com because she's such a fabulous medium and she always says that she's just grateful that she can be the messenger. Did I say that right, Denise? I love the way you always explain that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Faye, Samantha Faye is F-E-Y, not F-A-Y. It's F-E-Y dot com. So, yes, just like just like Tina Faye, but we, we have different bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> your, your sister's by a different vista, right? Sister's through a different vista, or is that what yes. they say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Denise, tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Uh, I do a lot of one-on-one work with uh, mediumship, with uh, psychic work, with tarot. I also do past life regressions. I teach classes. I have a a very strong um, connection with some core shamanism practices, which I really respect greatly. I have just, I'm finishing up a six-month mentor program that I've been leading for a group of people that are growing and evolving exponentially in this work. So for me, I think for all of us, and and probably most of the people that are listening to you, we do this work to be of service and to help raise the vibration to help other people raise theirs. 
And I think as long as we keep doing that, it'll all work out okay. I agree. And you mentioned shamanism and and all of the indigenous cultures all talk about dreams and they be they they seem to be very incorporated and very much a part of their practices and their culture and their rituals and all of that. Did you want to say something about that before we close? Well, and I'm very very conscious of saying core shamanism because it goes back to if we follow uh, any of us that are here on the planet can go back to a hunter-gatherer society and it's not appropriating or or choosing one over the other it's just we, we all have that lineage and if you think back to those time periods there was always someone in the group that was the dreamer that would dream where do we go next that was probably if, if we believe in multiple lifetimes a role that many of us played in in that and I think when you get into learning how to journey to go to different realms, it's very, very similar to the dream world. You're opening up to um, so much more that's available. And I think when you lower that drawbridge to spirit, there is uh, a connectedness with those practices that really, and I always, what I always bring it back to is nature is, is dependent. You know, it's an interconnected species, it's dependent. And there's 8 billion of us on the planet, and we're the only species that aren't fully interdependent with nature. But I think we're working on it by stepping more fully into embracing our intuition and our connection with spirit. Interesting. I always think about the dream quest that the Aboriginal people go on, uh, especially the males. I don't know if the females do now. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but certainly I've seen documentaries primarily on that where they'll go on their dream quest and they're out in the the bush for months on end by themselves and they learn to communicate telepathically and and work with spirits and that kind of thing. And I think your point is really good about that we all come from a hunter-gatherer background, that it's really, it's it's innate in all of us and, uh, and something that we can embrace and go back and reach and, and maybe resurrect and then develop and enhance because we're all hardwired for it. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yes. I agree greatly, yeah. Samantha, anything you want to add? Yeah, and I just want to add that the reason, yeah, yeah, the reason why when you send someone on a vision quest, they do tend to have a phenomenal experience is because science and research is starting to show as well that whatever you focus on during the day is going to show up in your dreams. So if you just start talking about your dreams, if you just record your dreams every day, even if you don't remember a dream, write down, didn't remember a dream. But if you get into the habit of consistently writing down your dreams every single day, talking to them about what you remember to people that are open to listening about dreams, there's not many of us out there, then you will start to remember your dreams and have fantastic experiences. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us this week. What a delight to have you both on and so fun. Thanks to everybody that called in. Thank you. I'll be gone next week. We're going to have a feng shui expert on, and it'll be a blast. You'll enjoy it. I'll see you a week after next. Sending you lots of love from Sweet Home Alabama. Bye, everybody. 
Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.